All right, welcome in hockey fans in the desert southwest to another episode, another edition, if you will, of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you from uh, beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein is uh, joining me from his palatial estate that's getting some rain, I understand, out there in Long Island, New York today. Um, how are you, Paul? Uh, we're good. I'm not quite sure how to explain today. Uh <laughs> Me either. Uh, Me either, by the way. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I saw. Um, we had some rain, a lot of wind, and 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 at the same time, we were getting 30, 40, 50 mile an hour winds. The sun was out. So, oh, my God. So I, I, I can't, for the life of me, understand. I, I'm not a meteorologist. I have no idea how it works. Uh, I just know that. Uh, it was just weird as I was looking out my window today and the wind is blowing stuff all over the place and the sun's out and it was supposed to be raining and it wasn't and I, I don't know <laughs> yeah it's 2020 Paul it could mean anything it could uh, be anything <laughs> well we got another episode of college hockey southwest weekly you and I and Seth just finished up another uh, welcome back to hockey NHL edition uh, a lot of fun talking NHL hockey, a lot of fun to see NHL hockey. But tonight, it's college hockey, and we've got a great guest going to be joining us shortly from the uh, Sun Devils at uh, Arizona State University, the NCAA program, which we're hoping is going to have a schedule out pretty soon, and it's going to be complete, and they're going to be able to get off to a, a quote-unquote normal start in 2020 because our guest is going to be a senior, James Sanchez from Northbrook, Illinois, who uh, had some first for the Sun Devils last year, first and only player to get 40 points in a season, and also the first player in program history to record 30 assists in a season. And I'll tell you right now, not only is he a great hockey player, but he is one of the class acts uh, of that entire team, and there's a bunch of them on that team. So when I throw that accolade out there, Paul, uh, you can count on this guy being being one of the leaders. So looking forward to having James on tonight. We'll have him on in just a second. Uh, we are starting a little bit late tonight because, uh, unfortunately, we have to wait 10 minutes before we can throw up another show on our podcast hosting. So when we wrapped up at 6.30, it took us till 6.40 to get on. So we're going to go to 7.40, or who knows? Paul and I usually wander a little longer. It could be 7.45 before we finish, all Pacific time, of course. So, um, you sure, because sometimes you're... <laughs> I'm just making... I'm just asking. So, sometimes I what? Sometimes you <laughs> are a little off on the times. <laughs> in the time zones. <laughs> yeah. Don't, Without don't getting go, hit in the head. Uh, don't go there with me on that. All right. Um, I think we've got James uh, with us right now. So let's, uh, let's let's jump right in and start talking hockey with the uh, number 61 from Northbrook, Illinois. James Sanchez is joining us. Uh, James, if you're there and you can hit the uh, one of the call in, green call-in buttons on your app, we will bring you on live. You've got Scott and Paul with you today. Um, we want to talk a little hockey with you and this craziness that we call pandemic uh 2020 so um if we have james i think we do james how are you good how are you can you hear me all right uh, we can yeah, we're you, good we can hear you loud and clear you got scott and paul with you so first things first how are you how are you health wise how are you surviving this pandemic i'm all good honestly uh same old same old uh pandemic's just uh the whole world's doing it everyone's bored out of their minds uh just trying to do anything but uh no it's been good i got to have more family time than i've had in the past like seven years honestly and <laughs> we were all uh it was good just getting sick of each other honestly <laughs> i was gonna but, ask yeah. that question but because that's going on here too so yeah, Paul, yeah Paul's no, getting, honey, i'll take it paul's <laughs> getting sick of me james too to be honest with you but he's stuck with me so there's no choice on that one i think it's the <laughs> other way around here, <laughs> okay yeah, so know. so james i started the intro by saying your senior year coming up now. Um, you've been a Sun Devil for a full year, getting ready to start the second year. And I call last year a full year, even though you didn't finish the season because of the pandemic. But you did a couple of things that hasn't been done in, in Sun Devil history. Uh, you scored uh, or reached the 40-point mark, and you're the first uh, person to record 30 assists in the season. So 
let's start right there. Tell us a little bit about how last season went from uh, from China on. Yeah, from China on, it, it was uh, definitely an awesome way to start the year. Obviously, no other team could even like think about doing anything like that, and we were just fortunate enough to do it. And I think uh, we kind of got a little head start over every team of just building uh, chemistry and just doing something like you're obviously not used to doing with um, all of your teammates and seeing and traveling and doing all just like such crazy things. And um, before you really even like get to know each other that fast and uh, especially playing like exhibition games versus all those teams and just uh, like I said, you're just building chemistry like faster and you're figuring out lines right away and you're playing with new guys and you're kind of testing everything out. And we obviously ended up winning it. So we definitely went into the season like with confidence too. So it was definitely, uh, we were definitely lucky to start the season off like that. And then we just, like I said, we rolled into the season with uh, some confidence and it was uh, unfortunate that the season ended shorter than it did because obviously uh, we were ready to play in the tournament, but it is what it is. And we had, had a lot of great teammates and uh, linemates throughout the year that helped uh, just accomplish everything we did. James, did you guys, did, did you guys, when you guys went to first practices before you guys left for China, uh, did the coach mix up the lines and the combinations a lot? Or did he put you immediately on there with Johnny and uh, you guys just went even from practice before you went to China? Or did that just happen basically on the plane trip over there? No, I don't. I don't think I played with Johnny until China. Um, I honestly don't even really remember like if we had lines <laughs> or if we did much before. But uh, I, I think we were just trying a bunch of stuff out. But um, no, I think honestly it took till like the second game maybe in China that uh, I went with Johnny's line, and then. Uh, the rest is history. Yeah, we we never uh, we were just connected by the hip the rest of the year. So so James, when uh, when you came to Arizona State, uh, we all know the Dubuque stories. We've talked to people from Dubuque. Uh, we know the connection there. We we had your uh, teammate on about a month ago, and in Willie Nurem, and and he talked about all of those good things. But uh, it's one thing to say you're going to come to Arizona State. It's another completely different thing to arrive at Oceanside Ice Arena and realize you are part of the Sun Devil Hockey Program. How quickly did you guys adjust, both you and Willie, to uh, your new teammates and everything that was going on in, in Arizona State? Like, instantly, honestly. Everyone's uh, everyone's just down to earth, like normal guys here. And like I said, like, especially going to China and, like, you're just you're thrown into such a bizarre trip that you guys are friends right off the bat and you're the only people that speak English here, so you guys are all <laughs> together all the time. So it's like... You're going to be friends right away, whether you like it or not. And it was just awesome just to kind of see the culture here and just jump right on ship. And like I said, it was just uh, it was just an easy transition. Like, obviously, we both were at college before, so we kind of understood the game. And then uh, just coming here, it was everyone was just welcoming uh, open arms. And it was easy. And just looking forward to next year as well. When you guys uh, went back to Dubuque, uh, did you and Willie make the decision almost mutually to, to come to ASU or was it separate and you guys just kind of looked at each other and said, oh, you want to go there too? Or did you guys kind of discuss it like it would be awesome to go to the same place? Yeah, uh, we, didn't, we didn't really discuss it at first because um, obviously we're both trying to find the right spot for uh, both of our careers and futures. And um, uh, I think it was just like different timings. I think I was like earlier in the year. And then he knew I was going there. And then I'm sure he was obviously still looking around and stuff. And then ASU obviously talked to him. And then I think then is when we both kind of were like, dude, this would be pretty sick if we both went here. And then <laughs> and then uh, just got excited. So, um, yeah, I think as soon as he started uh, talking to them and we both just kind of locked it in of like, let's do it. And couldn't have worked out better. Okay, so so James, a little bit. Um, I'm sorry, Paul. Did you have something else to add? To no, that? I was going to say when you went back to Dubuque, because we we kind of worked backwards here. Um, what did you find in your game that you thought you needed to really work on uh, when you left Michigan? Uh, not much, honestly. I, th I think I always had it, but I think I was just uh, dealt the wrong cards there. But uh, I think it definitely helped me just kind of get my confidence back and just 
become even more of a power skater and forward and uh, just being like controlling the puck more and just trying to be a dominant player. And it was good to also being a leader to the younger guys too. But uh, no, I think, I think it was a blessing in disguise going back there and just kind of getting back on track and then coming here. James, in uh, in a month or so, I'm going to be going to Dubuque to do a feature story um, with uh, Coach uh, uh, David up there. And uh, I want to get some insight from you before I go there. So tell me what I can expect when I go to Dubuque. What am I going to find in that program? <laughs> well, you're going to love OD, I'll tell you that. He's uh, he's one of a kind. And uh, I say OD, that's obviously Oliver David. But, uh, yeah, he's one of a kind. He's uh, one of the best coaches I ever had. And I know him and my dad, uh, Big Taco, he always loves uh, hanging out with them, and they're always <laughs> good friends. So, And obviously all the staff members there are just down-to-earth people. And it was one of the best places I could have gone, honestly. And it was just like a, like one big family, and they couldn't have been cooler about everyone's situation. And they just they kind of got me a second life, so I couldn't be more like grateful to Dubuque and especially OD. All right, so why 61? What What is the significance as you were kind of as you in your uh, wearing that number? Why that number? Uh, I mean, you can, there's like probably a few reasons, but like you can kind of trace it back to like, I was a big Rick Nash fan growing up. And then obviously like uh, I was an even bigger, my brother fan growing up and he always wore like 16. And then there was one year, I think like we both like, Somebody had like we switched teams and they both uh, both teams had 16, so he went 61. So we just flipped the numbers, and then if he's doing it, obviously I'm gonna do it. And then <laughs> it kind of just kept rolling like that, and and then I just liked wearing 61. And again, Rick Nash, and he was um, just like a great player at the time too. And so it was always cool like trying to model my game after him as well, and especially wearing the same number. And then at USA, I didn't get to my first year, I didn't get to get it, but then. Um, my second year, I got 16, so then I flipped it back, and then <laughs> it's just been flipping nonstop. So if I can't get one, I'll try to get the other, and then Dubuque obviously can't get it, so I flip them and flip them, and then college works out where I can finally get it. So it was good, though. It's, a, it's also a confidence number, too, so I just love wearing it. Where did you know, your brother play? Uh, just like growing up, we did like the AAA, and then he played uh, juniors in the NA, and then did a little like uh like DePaul in okay. uh, Chicago and then yeah so but no he was good too and then he was obviously just the role model growing up so everything he did and then he helped me just a tremendous amount going through my career when he was done with his so James yeah. went and I'm sorry Paul did I interrupt no you I again? just thought I I'd, <laughs> listen I I don't I don't I I, I don't want to you know cheat the other members of the family your sister was a college athlete too yeah she's the best athlete in the family for sure. <laughs> She what was, did she uh, play? She was basketball. She was no joke. She was uh, she was just mean mugging down low on the post and was just uh, <laughs> the best like defensive player you you'll see. I mean, and offense too. But she'll just like one of those. She'll shut you down, just outwork you type of players. So I think that's where we gotta take a page out of her book for the whole defense thing. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> I don't know if you knew this, James, but when uh, Jared Gorley came to uh, ASU. Uh, Coach Powers had tried to keep everybody and, and maybe John Loeffler too in, in some lower numbers and, and Jared Gorley had asked for number 60 because it had meaning to him uh, for some teammates that he lost in the in the bus crash in, in um, Saskatchewan and uh, all of a sudden the numbers got a little higher and was that anything when you asked for 61 that, that there was any kind of uh, discussion about hey maybe not or we already knew that he had 60 and that was going to be uh, no problem getting 61. Well, I mean, you set that up terribly for me to answer. because You're going to get him in trouble, Scott. What are you talking yeah, about? No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, James, don't, don't answer that question. Don't, no, 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 no. Don't answer that. Sometimes you got to ignore Scott. Don't answer that question. Um, I'll ask you a better question. Uh, you Rick Nash fan, um, does that mean you were not a Blackhawks fan growing up in Illinois? No, no, I, I was still a diehard uh, fan, but I'm just also a good player fan too. So, and especially him wearing 61, it was uh, just like a cool combo. And our whole family loved him too, and it was always cool when he came and played the Hawks. But no, I'm a I'm a Blackhawks fan at heart for sure. 
Okay, so okay. now let me get, now, let me get out of this. Let, let me finish no. the question. <laughs> All right. Now, not every athlete geeks out and nerds out over the sport they're playing. Uh, are is that you? Are you sitting there watching all those games when you're not uh, working out or, or or getting your skating in? Or are you sitting at home watching these games like I know I am and and and, and geeking out on having all these games all day long? Uh, I, yeah, I mean, I have to be honestly, like, especially this whole quarantine, it's just nothing to do. And then it's like a, it's like a nice like present for if it, hopefully this quarantine is winding down, but having games like every day, like every day, like, uh, or every other day, I should say, um, of just like different teams and these qualifiers and series of like weird combo of teams. So it's, it's honestly awesome to watch it. And it's just like, it gives us something to do again and sports are back. So it, it feels like normal life's coming back too. Okay. Since now Paul, go, since Paul interrupted me again, as he usually yeah. does, yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're going to get off of 61 in just a minute, but 61 was a uh, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? A uh, unique number in NCAA hockey because LIU signed on as team number 61 this year. And then uh, shortly thereafter, St. Thomas University or the University of St. Thomas became team number 62. So how much do you guys pay attention to uh, the growth of NCAA hockey? Or are you just concerned about with what you do here at ASU? I mean, more so here at ASU, obviously we're concerned about ourselves and just taking pride in ourselves. But uh, I mean, it's also cool to like see like that hockey's still growing and everybody's like trying to have a program. And everyone wants to compete. So it's always fun to see that, um, more and more schools are getting hockey programs and you hear rumors of uh, U of I getting a D1 team somewhere down the line, but you never know about that one. So, but no, it's cool. Thank you. That's just growing, but. Okay. So, so we got two new teams and, and obviously we're concerned with your team. Um, when I look on paper, James, if the season starts off, like we all hope it will on time and everything um, with the, uh, senior leadership that you guys have and then also the talented freshmen you're bringing in and last year before you went to China Brinson Pashnuk stood in front of the media and said we want to win a national championship and we all thought somebody get a uh, a COVID test early because we weren't sure if he was he was okay but this year I think you guys uh believe that you can go to the national tournament and win it don't you yeah, for sure. I think uh, obviously losing Brinson was a big part of our offense, but like you said, we have a great uh, freshman class coming in, so I know they're going to pull a lot of weight, and we have basically the same decor coming in, plus Tanner Hickey, who will also be um, a huge pickup for us. So I think everyone's on board, and everyone wants to win, so I think it uh, once once the season starts to like, get rolling and practices turn out, like start getting more normal and stuff, but I think everyone's going to want to compete and everyone's going to want to make the lineup. So I think it's going to turn into just an all out war and that's going to be good for our team. It's only going to make each other better. So I think obviously seniors, especially too, like we're all dying to win one and I know everyone else is. So I don't think anyone doesn't want to win one. So everyone's, everyone's all on board and it's, it's just fun being ASU because we're our own conference too. So we get to call out whoever we want and just go play them and try to beat the best. So as you went through uh, this weird off season, was there one thing specifically uh, you were trying to work on as you get ready for the upcoming season, whenever it starts? Um, I wouldn't say like one specific thing. Obviously, you want to just try to get better. At everything. If the biggest thing would just get obviously faster, stronger kind of thing, just to prepare for. The next level because everyone else is doing it but also kind of it's nice taking a break too because then you can kind of focus on like the mental side of things of just taking a break and just relaxing from everything and just being like a normal kid for a little bit until you have to ramp back up but especially having like family time and stuff like that i think taking your mind off the game for a good amount of time was also very healthy too so um other than training and just doing typical hockey workouts and just trying to get um your body as ready as it can be. Uh, the mental side is also a huge, huge factor. As one of the seniors, I assume you guys have kind of spread the word. Uh, you know, 
this team is too deep this year. If you want to take a day off and practice, you might not get back in the lineup. I assume that's been a big topic of discussion. Yeah, I mean, that's that's anywhere you go at any level, honestly. So everyone knows that practice like you play and you have to just be bought in all the time for your uh, practices and games and you take a day off. Maybe, uh, maybe you never know what happens with it, but I think everyone's bought in and everyone knows uh, what to do this year. And I think uh, practices will sort themselves out off of day one. And I think young guys will come in and understand like what we're about. So I think uh, hopefully just like I said, after day one, it just turns into uh, just a battle. And I think they'll learn that quick. You know, James, and you came into uh, NCAA hockey, and, and you and I talked about this when I uh, I visited with you uh, this spring, and I said, do you remember where you got your first assist and who it was against? And I don't know if you told me you did or didn't, but uh, do you remember that now, that it was against Arizona State? I did not know. I did not know that. <laughs> It, it's unique in the fact in that, and, and the reason I bring that up is uh, I just took a, a vacation, a working vacation trip up to Minnesota, and I made my point to uh, stop in as many uh, arenas as I could just to uh, to see what they were all about. Um, so from here to Minnesota and back, I think I stopped in nine different arenas, and everywhere I went, everybody asked me, um, ASU, ASU, are they – are they for real? Are they are they coming to a conference? Are they coming to the NCHC? Are they coming to the Big Ten? You played in the Big Ten. Now you're playing as an independent. Where do you think ASU should end up? Uh, I mean, that's a good question. I think that's a little uh, over my head of knowing exactly where we should end up. I think uh, – It's over ours too. Yeah, whatever <laughs> you want to call the best conference, I think that's where we should be. So, I mean, I don't think we're uh, – I think we're right up there with whatever team you want to put us with. So put us in the best one and we'll be fine. So uh, you might still have friends that played at Michigan. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you send them pictures of you walking to the rink in December and January? (laughs) No, I don't have to. They know. They know what's going on. (laughs) And they know what's going on there too. So I think uh, it's one of those conversations that doesn't have to be spoken about, but – I think it's uh, everything happens for a reason, and it ended up pretty nice here. Okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about, and we'll backtrack to to your time with uh, the national team development program, and it, that that's a very select group. Uh, tell us about getting on that uh, that team and what you took away, and how much you really developed playing uh, that schedule with those guys. Yeah, it was uh, it was definitely like a. Um, a pleasure playing there and it's always awesome to represent your country at any time you can um, going in there my 17 year it's obviously you're going from triple a to juniors right away and you're working out more than you ever have and you're traveling more than you ever have so off the start like young kids moving away from home that could be a problem and like just homesick and all these factors like play a huge part in it like right when you get there but the more and more you get there of building friendships and stuff like that. You have 22 best friends right off the start. So everyone's helping each other. But at the time you think like, this is, this is tough. Like this, I don't know if I like it, blah, blah. And then you, you don't win a lot your 17 year. And then some, I don't know how it works, but when you go to your 18 year, you just start winning more and then you feel more confident and you start playing college teams and beating college teams. And you just, you don't realize it at the time, but you're, you're maturing faster than you ever will anywhere else. And um, it's the quickest, but like slowest two years of your life. And we always talk about it. Would you go back and do it again? And every time the answer is yes, because it, it got me to where I am today. And it, it teaches you like little things of your game that you would never get anywhere else. And the coaches there are, they might be uh, hard on you and you might do crazy things there, but it uh, you start to realize what you had there when you look back on it, and like how uh, like lucky you were to be there. Paul, you got something more? Yeah, that well, I, uh, that I no, wipe you out? No, well, <laughs> listen, I wasn't even trying to get James to, to dish dirt on anyone. I just listen. I just figured that. Uh, you throw the weather in my face every year in December and January. I just figured that. Uh, 
you know, James being from the Midwest, it, it gets a little cold there. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's hard not to, uh, to be like, oh, yeah, it's, it's really bad here today. It's 75. This is awful, right? <laughs> yeah, it sucks doing your homework by the pool. Yeah, that's what I was getting at, by the way. I wasn't trying to make you throw stones at anybody. Okay, James, and I don't know if you know this, but Paul is an ASU alum, so it's been a long time, but he did that same thing. So don't uh, work. No, no, no. Stop. No. (laughs) No, no. I said hang out by the pool. Oh, yeah. I was going to say homework. No, there's a reason why I was there for seven years. (laughs) <laughs> all right james tell us about school what what do you want to do what do you uh I, I saw some stuff about you the other day on on social media but tell us a little bit about school and what what you're trying to accomplish at your time at asu yeah so i uh so uh, this past year i just graduated and then this coming year i'll be in uh me and willie are actually in the um master of sports law and business program so Hopefully, knock on wood, we'll finish the year with a master's and then uh, just try to key, like, continue a career in sports and get a job and maybe become an agent one day or something with anything with sports. But I think that's um, there's just been a lot of connections made throughout that and anything to keep. I think sports people are down to earth people and easy to talk to. So I think I can relate with them and hopefully make a good, exciting future out of it. Well, congratulations on that. I want to follow that up, though, by uh, a lot of people will also ask me about Arizona State's travel schedule and how you guys are able to keep the GPA up uh, with your travel schedule. Give us a typical uh, run. If you're going from, let's say, Tempe to uh, to play BU across the country, what's it like academically for you guys? Uh, it starts off like... I guess freshman to now, I think freshman year, you're kind of a little overwhelmed and you're like, oh my God, I'm drowning in work and stuff like that. But then the more time you spend on it and the more work you do and realize that you have to get ahead to basically stay even is, uh, it gets easier by the year. And, uh, you obviously mature throughout your years. So, you know, that homework like takes a few hours, like, to do and stuff like that and you just got to buckle down on your work because if you don't do that then you're not playing so i think that's also a huge factor that forces everyone to do homework like obviously nobody really wants to do it but it's just one of those things you got to do and it just also goes into time management too so it kind of teaches you lessons along the way as well all right paul let me throw so one what, more let okay. me throw one more in here um I ask everybody, James, everybody that comes on from ASU, I say, give us a story about Leanne Blinn because she has touched all of you guys and she's made you guys uh, the hockey players and and the athletes that you are, I think. So give us a Leanne Blinn story. What's something that she's done that's made you a better hockey player? Uh, I think. I mean, yeah, she's no joke. Um, (laughs) I know she made you push a bus. Yeah, she – no, she'll she'll kick your ass. I, I think I think the favorite part about her is you could trust her with your life kind of thing and she doesn't care who you are on the team or whatever. Like everyone's doing the same work and she doesn't take shit from everyone. And so I think like I don't know, I think the first day I got here she kinda absolutely murdered us in a workout. <laughs> and was just like chuckling the whole time saying like they didn't teach you that wherever you came from or something, just being in the year the whole time, like knowing we're like dying and about to throw up and she was just like having a heyday with it and just like it made her day to see us just dying in her workouts (laughs) one quick follow-up to that too you guys do a little endurance thing and i know uh the competitiveness of your team but she has you out on the track and doing some other stuff before the season starts doesn't she yeah there's always uh workouts and stuff and sometimes we'll just like make games out of it and try to split into teams or something just to try to make running fun and try to disguise it so we don't realize what we're really doing. But no, she always, <laughs> and, uh, just is always, it's always in good. Uh, like she's always looking out for us too. So like everything we're doing, like it sucks, but we're just getting better and we're all doing it together. So it's, it's fun at the end of the day. Like once you get it over with, it's, it's worth it. Now you guys had a lot of big wins last year, which one was your favorite and why? Uh, I think. 
I think off the top of my head, the first one that comes to me is like Clarkson. Okay. Because um, we, I want to say we lost Friday, and then, right. but they're a good team too. And we knew we could win, and we like we wanted to sweep so bad. And we also had uh, the alumni all there too, so it was like firing us up. We were getting all pumped up for the game, and Saturday came, and we were right there, and then it went into overtime, and we like we just wanted it so bad because they were also a. Uh, like a high ranked team too, so it was right. gonna bump us up too if we win this and help us for the tournament as well. So we like needed it bad too. And then I wanna say Bushy buried it in overtime and it the whole place just like went nuts too because it was the alumni going nuts and us and we were just like fired up just to get uh we were just battling back from Friday too and I think that definitely kinda sailed us in like a great direction, like moving forward from that. Right, well I think both of those games went to overtime and as long as you're bringing up uh, we alumni, uh, wasn't like going on the road and 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 having so many alumni and ASU fans in in uh, on the other side of the glass, so to speak. Yeah, it's wild. You don't realize like how big like the Sun Devil like nation really is, especially like when we were in China. Like, there's alumni there that they were at the games and they were cheering and. You're just meeting so many people that you would have no idea that connections are just made all across the nation, the world, clearly. So it's it's awesome to see, like, you go to a random rink and you see Sun Devil fans and kids with posters and stuff like that, that you can just see that uh, even, like, the whole school, like, ASU is just, like, growing and is popular. Um, and everyone's just kind of starting to want to come here if they didn't already. You know, I know we'd like to keep you around for another hour, but we'll let you go here shortly. I just want to talk a little bit about your your game. I mean, we know you can score the puck, but you're also, uh, I think, a pretty good setup guy. And, and just tell the listeners out there what James Sanchez is all about when he gets on the uh, on the ice surface. Yeah, I think just trying to use my uh, just a two way kind of power forward, and uh, like you said, I I can I can score here and there, and then. I do like making, uh, setting people up and making some passes and um, always just working on uh, being a centerman with face-offs. And especially I, I got to learn how to pass when seven is tapping <laughs> for it. Yeah. <laughs> he lets you know, doesn't he? When is he <laughs> not tapping for it? Okay, so so as you get prepared for what we hope is going to be a regular season, I hate to keep saying that, but you know, with this pandemic, who knows? But as you start getting prepared for this season, what what are the things that you will do? I mean, obviously, I don't think you set your goals that you were going to score forty points and and thirty assists, but what will you try to do this year to set a goal or a benchmark that you want to accomplish aside from winning the national tournament, which we know that's the ultimate. Uh, honestly, I, I wouldn't say I really, like, obviously, uh, points are great and all, but I think, uh, I would be a senior season, just everyone on board. I think it's just a, uh, just go play hockey kind of thing and the rest will take care of itself. Uh, I don't want to go in there with too much and expect, uh, I got to have a thousand points or anything like that. And it's just, uh, I think I'm confident in our team and the line and I'm not worried about, um, competing against other teams because I know that. We're going to be better than them. So I think uh, everything will play itself out. And I think I'm very confident in the year. Just win, baby, right? Just win. Yeah, that's it. All right. I'm sure your dad, Big Taco, right, is uh, is following along. But uh, how Big important Taco's is it going to be? along. <laughs> how important is it going to be for, for him to get down and, and – you know, give us his thoughts when he when you said I'm going to go to ASU. What was he thinking, and what are his thoughts of uh, Oceanside Ice Arena and all that stuff? Yeah, I wish he was on here so he can take this one. I'm sure he was uh, fired up to uh, get a little change of scenery and get to have a vacation. Every uh, I've never seen him come <laughs> to so many uh, home games. <laughs> There's a reason for that, right? Yeah, and he's got he's got friends here too, and it's all it's all good. So uh, the parents love coming out here, and it just gives them something to do, and they don't have to go to a, the cold, like you said, like get to come and just have a vacation and hang out, and it's always a fun time seeing them, and it's uh yeah, it's awesome. Okay, let's wrap things up, unless Paul, unless you have another one, but do you have one more for him, or do you want to wrap it up? No, we're good. 
Okay, so James, I always give our uh, our ASU players the opportunity to speak to the uh, the ASU faithful, especially as a senior. What do you want to tell the fans once things get rolling? Even if they can't get there, they're still, you know, if for, for some reason we're not going to have fans in the building, what do you want them to know about the senior class at Arizona State University this year? Uh, we'll give them their uh, first national championship this year. Wow. That, that, <laughs> that is a good one. Um, I love the confidence. Can't wait to see you on the ice again. Uh, thanks for spending some time with us tonight. Continue to be safe, mask up, uh, strengthen up, and let's get you back on the ice so we can uh, start seeing some wins in uh, maroon and gold, okay? Yes, sir. All right, folks. That's James Sanchez from Arizona State University. We're going to take a quick break. Paul and I will be right back to uh, wrap things up on another edition of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Pre-game like a pro, post-game like a champion at College Bar and Grill. Located in downtown Tempe at 740 South Mill Avenue, College Bar and Grill is the place for the best local craft beers, tasty food, and Tempe's best atmosphere for Arizona State athletics. A short walk from Sun Devil Stadium or Desert Financial Arena, stop by for lunch or dinner, game day or any day, College Bar and Grill. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. We find your prime with M-Drive. Behind the Mask Hockey Shop, celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the Arizona hockey community. Offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you. Visit any one of our three Valley locations or check us out online at BehindTheMask.com. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S. Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the Fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that Fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese, surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. Ask any player who leases up a pair of skates in Arizona or Nevada, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with Summer Skates. Officially licensed Summer Skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your Summer Skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available too for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice? Our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable. Show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. All right, we're back. Scott Strandy in Scottsdale, Arizona. Paul Hornstein out in beautiful Long Island, New York. Probably not so beautiful today, but normally it's beautiful out there in the summertime. So, okay, Paul. Um, 
let's uh, let's recap our visit with James. Uh, your thoughts on uh, on uh, the gentleman that he is? Uh, you know, it's it's always great to talk to the players. Um, you, you get to talk to him much more than I do. Um, so, you know, I like to take advantage of my opportunities. Uh, try to ask kind of a little bit of an offbeat question because uh, the same old questions, you're going to get the same old answers. And that's, you know, that's part of sports, right? You watch uh, Bull Durham and you see Kevin Costner t- taking um, Tim Robbins. You got to work on your cliches. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so you try to ask, you know, some offbeat questions. Uh, but I have to ask you, score the puck? Really? What else are you going to do with it? I knew, I knew well, that What was else are you going to do with it? Seriously? That please. That is one of the dumbest expressions I have ever heard. They use it in basketball, too. It's idiotic. What are you supposed to do with it? Throw it into the stands? What are you supposed to do with it? Color on it? Jeez. Well, seriously? If you Don't watch do that again. If you watch a lot of teams, I know that they uh, they miss the net quite a bit, so they definitely are not scoring the puck. Uh, oh, jeez, don't. Oh, gosh. No, okay. no, just okay. no. Okay, <laughs> let's move on to, uh, to talk All a little right. bit about arenas. I, I took a little working vacation, as uh, everybody knows by it. now if you follow me along. Uh, I, I traveled on purpose to see some uh, different arenas. Uh, majority of the NCHC were uh, – along my route, if you will. So so two things. We're going to get into this potential, and you wrote a great article. If you haven't been to the website to see your blog on uh, potential landing spots for Arizona State, and I think, Paul, it's become even more crucial now with the pandemic that they find a conference because uh, you see a lot of teams right now that are only allowed to play within their conference. Um, so I think that's important, but – what I want to touch on first is as I was looking at arenas, I, I saw all these different arenas. I'm going, huh, that's okay. Well, that's okay. I went to St. Thomas, saw their quote-unquote community rink. Um, was had a chance to go to the two-time back-to-back national champions, uh, my alma mater at Duluth. Um, got to see the Herb Brooks Center in St. In Cloud and went I to Mariucci it. in Minnesota. But what I was really most impressed with uh, on the whole trip was the building that was going on at Colorado College. I've been through there a bunch of times, but I've never really spent time at the Colorado College campus. And to see that structure going up and to see what they were doing in the middle of a pandemic, and this, it, to me, that epitomizes the growth of hockey. And if you can do that in Colorado College where they have Air Force, they have the uh, U.S. Olympic Training Center, just up the road about an hour is Denver University. Um, Arizona State really has a chance with their new building to uh, solidify uh, one of the best arenas in a great location. So talk to me about building arenas, uh, college arenas, right now during the pandemic and how important that is for the growth of hockey, not only here, but everywhere. Well, you have places, I think Vermont uh, redid their building or or is moving into a new building. Um, You have... You know, in, in, it seems crazy to say, uh, but, you know, as I mentioned a couple of weeks ago when we were talking about this, um, there are more things to it than just putting up the building. Um, they are, you know, using it to jumpstart things, um, to, you know, put people back to work. Um, the Islanders Arena in at, at Belmont Park and, the Seattle, their arena, they stopped for a couple of months uh, to kind of figure things out and see how to work it safely. I'm sure that ASU has taken a lot of notes uh, on what those two places did, uh, what they're doing at Colorado College, because it hasn't, st- you know, the, 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 the one advantage that these buildings have at this point is that outside. And... And, and, you know, at least based on the evidence that we have available to us, uh, things are safer outside because there's there's obviously more space and you can be more spaced from anybody else. 
so you can do your job and not have to be right on top of somebody. Uh, so, uh, like I said, uh, the fences are there. I, I don't think they want to say anything publicly because, frankly, you know, optics matter. Um, but, you know, I haven't heard anything that says it's not going to happen. Uh, you know, what it, it just is, we're just waiting uh, for the schedule. And I don't mean the on ice schedule. Um they're supposed to start sometime this fall, you know, October, November, somewhere around there. Uh, if by New Year's Day they haven't started, then we might have a problem. But uh, I, I don't like, – like I said about four or five months ago, this felt different this time. Yeah. Yep, I so, agree. Um, the other thing, and we talk about the, the, the pro rinks, but, you know, I've been talking – with Vegas in our coverage area, uh, Vegas just kept on building, right? <laughs> right. They never slowed down. They're building their uh, dual rinks that, that weren't even supposed to house a professional team. They were for youth and right. uh, the city of Henderson. And then they added on uh, a large portion to house the AHL facility or team that they acquired. Um, but they're also working on that 6,000-seat arena that's going to be the home of that AHL team uh you know, in a couple of years. So it's continuing to build. Uh, we talked about uh, University of St. Thomas coming on board and their and building they, is smallish, very smallish. They, by the, you know, bringing it back to college hockey, uh, they have been officially accepted uh, to the, the CCHA when it starts up again after this season. Worst kept secret ever. Yeah, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, it was not that, a surprise. That may uh, have been well, done before they ever did got approved for the NCAA. <laughs> uh, I will not comment on that. Uh, what was a surprise is that uh, that uh, in Vermont, they brought on former NHL coach Mike Babcock as an advisor. Yeah, yes. That, was, that caught a lot of people by surprise, too. Boy, did it ever. And uh, – uh, it got opened a lot of eyes is what it did because people are yeah, going like, yeah. what are they doing? What's their plans? Um, so I think college hockey is in a great spot. Now let's touch on, on the conference part of it. And like I said before, if you haven't been to the website to see your blog, I thought you did a great job. I challenged you to, to put something out there that was uh, uh, meaningful in far. Right. And I thought you did a great job of breaking it all down. Um, and when I, looked into your piece the more and more. And I, I told you this uh, off uh, the podcast too, is that uh, I was worried initially when people were talking about them going to the NCHC. Uh, I think that's the perfect fit. Uh, maybe, maybe not the perfect because maybe the big 10 would be the perfect, but I just don't think that's happening. And I think when I look at the, the fit with ASU and NCHC hockey, um, I think that makes the most sense especially with the new building and the, the Arizona market, the desert Southwest market, just tell everybody what you wrote if they haven't seen it yet, or kind of summarize what you wrote. Well, basically uh, the way I wrote it is uh, the, the big pluses uh, and the big minuses is first of all, uh, two road trip, you know, with two schools in Colorado that makes for shorter conference road trips. Um, and, and, and have, by the way, by the way, Paul, let me confirm what I've what I've seen so far on the schedule is uh, Denver is coming here for two games and Arizona State's going to Denver for two games as long as everything holds up. Right. Um, and, and, you know, that makes sense, obviously, for the Colorado teams as well. Um, and then you throw Air Force in there as non-conference, probably on a regular basis. Um, you, at this point the way the NCHC has gone and it's, this is year number six or year number seven. Um, the, the fewest teams they've had make the NCAA tournament is three. So you don't at least for the foreseeable future have to worry about strength of schedule as part of your pairwise. And let's face it. Greg powers has not been shy about scheduling anybody. And he has basically taken the Bobby Bowden approach to his program, 
uh, Florida State at one time, if people remember back that far and are or not as old as I am. Florida State used to be an independent football, and they used to play anybody, anytime, anywhere. And, you know, Coach Powers has kind of taken that same approach uh, with his scheduling. And the other thing that even though in this day of streaming and uh, in, in satellite or, or in, in whatever, and mo- the media landscape is changing and every game gets streamed, um, f- for January, February, and March, uh, CBS Sports Network has an NCHC game, at least one on every Friday night. Sometimes they have them on Saturday nights too. So uh, even though it's easier to watch games than ever, um, if something about being on national TV uh, three or four times a year that doesn't hurt with the recruiting either. No, absolutely. And, you know, when you when you look at the teams up there, uh, you already mentioned the Colorados. That's easy enough. Uh, getting to Minnesota and getting up to Duluth is not that difficult. Getting to Grand Forks is not that difficult. St. Cloud State is not that difficult. So I'll take your word on those. I, you, I need my map once again. Yeah. Here we go. So, so anyway, what I'm saying is I've narrowed down five uh, trips, which are relatively easy for them. Well, and Omaha. Nebraska-Omaha is also an easy trip from ASU. So the okay. only one that becomes – or only two that become challenges, if you want to say that, is, is getting to Western and, my, yeah, and Miami, Ohio. Um, and even then, that's not bad. And and then you talk about non-conference. You already mentioned that, that they could play Air Force. They would probably also play Mankato State because that is an easy trip. If you're going to Minneapolis, it's in, in our south, south uh, southwest. Um so St. Thomas would be an option. So in the University of Minnesota, if uh, they get over themselves enough, they would be an option. Uh, so Bemidji State is an option um, halfway between Duluth and Grand Forks. So uh, there's, there's a number of things that make sense. Uh, and I think for a long time we were thinking they might have to go hockey east and be that. Uh, That's where even- I want them. Yeah, be, I bet you do, being that even number team. And and we talked about the crazy travel schedule and stuff. And I think a lot of that early on, Paul, was because people weren't giving Greg Powers enough credit for how he has built his hockey program. And, uh, you know, the Blue Bloods, as we like to say, the Wisconsins, the North Dakotas, the Minnesotas, all of those um, didn't think that ASU would be this good this fast. And now I think uh, probably the holdup in NCHC, and I'm giving a little bit of my secrets away because I talked to some people behind the scenes. Um, I believe North Dakota was a big hang-up for NCHC because they didn't think Arizona State, they were like Minnesota, the University of Minnesota didn't think they belonged. But I'm thinking now that they're going like, yeah, yeah, I think they belong, and I think they would fit their conference pretty well, and I think they would strengthen the NCHC not weaken it. Well, yeah, I will not comment on the fan bases at Minnesota and North Dakota. I've had my battles with them on the various social media platforms. <laughs> um, I could say things, but, you know, my I was brought up, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. <laughs> well, we'll bring Jess Myers back on, and we'll go for two hours because Jess can – can talk about uh, Minnesota, North Dakota, and Mankato State, and Duluth, and uh, St. Cloud State. We can go right Bemidji State. We'll go right through all of them if you want. Uh, so maybe we'll have to do that so we can kind of get that all figured out. But yeah. um, as we kind of get things set to wrap up, um, I'm excited for that. I think the pandemic may have been a little bit more of a pushing point now to where they have to try to find somewhere. And I think, um, you know, if you look at the NCHC schedule, they're, they're out, right? And uh, their whole composite schedule is out, and they, they intend on doing that. I mean, the other thing I want to mention is, as I told uh, James, I'm going up to Dubuque again at uh, the end right. of the month, and I've got to set up up there to see uh, Oliver David, uh, the head coach there, to, to visit with him about his program. But the, the, the folks in the USHL have not slowed down a bit. Um, they've had major training camps. Uh, they've done it safely. They've done it with, uh, 
social uh, distancing and with masks and all that stuff, but they fully plan on starting um, their season like normal. Well, you know, listen, I hope – I can't say as if I – you know, it would be great. be awesome. Uh, let's hope that happens, you know. Yeah, I, absolutely. And, 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 you know, because – Listen, I'm not going to lie. These last couple of days, I've been watching wall-to-wall hockey. And <laughs> You're getting the bug, aren't you? <laughs> I always have the bug. That's the problem. I always have I, the bug. I hear you. Okay, so, so you came well, up with a great uh, trivia question that we're going to use for our uh, M-Drive. M-Drive this month is uh, sponsoring our Welcome Back to Hockey 2020, but we also are using uh, some of their promo stuff uh, in our regular podcast. I thought you came up with a great question, so throw that out there, and we'll have people go to at Ice Time SW and uh, give us the answer for a chance to win a great uh, M-Drive package. All right. Uh, ASU assistant head coach Alex Hicks who played college hockey at Division Three, Wisconsin-Eau Claire, uh, played in the NHL. He played 258 games in the NHL, scored 25 goals. He scored 12 of those goals with the Anaheim Mighty Ducks, 12 of those goals with the Pittsburgh Penguins. What team was he playing for when he scored that one goal that wasn't for those two teams? Wow. That one is going to be a brain buster. So hopefully if you're listening, you're going to be able to uh, to search that out and find out for sure uh, where that was. Alex Hicks, of course, uh, the great assistant coach, a great recruiter for uh, for Arizona State Hockey. Well, I think we covered it pretty well. A uh, big thank you to James Sanchez for joining us tonight. I know it's uh, it's not easy to, uh, to spend a half hour talking to us, but man, oh, man, the guys from, from ASU, they always step up and – uh, a big thank you again to Mitch Terrell, too, the SID over at uh, ASU, for, for putting his guys on for us. We look forward to having Coach Powers very soon. Hopefully he can uh, go over his new schedule with us uh, when he comes on next. But in the meantime, we're going to keep talking college hockey. And, Paul, take your read away. College Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Bell Ford. Go to the best Ford dealer in Arizona. Uh, the Arizona Ford Giant is the presenting partner of the Sunday special. Ask to see our friend Kevin Wood and tell him Ice Time Hockey SW sent you to see the top-selling line of Ford trucks and more. Cold beers and cheeseburgers. Visit the dining rooms. And according to CDC guidelines, they are all open at their 12 Valley locations and their California location. Visit coldbeers.com for more information. Buy T-Mobile. See Andre at the Paradise Valley store at Shea and Tatum and let him show you how the power of the new T-Mobile can help you. Whether it's playoff time or any time, it's always time. For the best barbecue in Las Vegas, call 1-702-541-5546 or go to jessieraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. It's all about the butt. Buy summer skates. Our line of shower shoes can show off your fandom or team unity with a custom design. Visit summerskates.com. Behind the mask, it's time to get back to hockey. For all of your hockey needs, visit any of our three locations. Go to behindthemask.com. The College Bar and Grill in Tempe. For ASU fans, buy ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devil's Hockey Shop. For all of your ASU hockey merchandise, buy Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Find that bottle that suits your taste. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com. Buy OxyPow. Visit our full line of natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Buy M-Drive. Go to MDriveForMen.com. Use the promo code ICETIMESW at checkout for 20% off. M-Drive for energy, stamina, and recovery. Buy the Ice Dens, Chandler, and Scottsdale. Visit their website for ice availability. College Hockey Southwest Weekly and all of the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at the iTunes Store, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. College Hockey Southwest Weekly is a part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Very well done, my friend. As we uh, end this show, I will remind everybody that we will be back at 6 p.m. again tomorrow for another uh, Welcome Back to Hockey 2020 uh, NHL uh, podcast. We followed up by our club hockey uh, Southwest Weekly Show, and then 
Um, we'll have a few more days left as we uh, wrap up this qualifier round with our Welcome Back to Hockey 2020. Paul and I will be back again uh, next Tuesday for another episode, another edition of College Hockey Southwest Weekly. But again, a big thank you to James Sanchez from Arizona State Sun Devil NCAA Hockey for joining us tonight. So for Paul Hornstein, Scott Strandy saying good night, with Roger Klein and the Peacemaker saying De Niro. Have a good night. <laughs>